1: Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass.
0: What's up,
1: Dolphins? And welcome into the Thursday, January the 10th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're on the same schedule we've been on most of the week. We'll be updating the coaching search, including a possible fly in the Chris Richard ointment, plus some huge, huge news regarding a certain quarterback. More interviews on the horizon this week, the Twitter mailbag and a new podcast game to wrap things up at the end of the show. But first, real quick, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfulNFL. The show is at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have tons of new content for you guys. And you all are continuing to bang that website over and over again this month. I appreciate the hell out of it. And the same goes for the podcast. So again, thank you guys all so much for all the listenership, all the readership, and all the dedication and support for the podcast here. And last but not least, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's get things going. That's another Miami Dolphins. And first down on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by My Bookie, where you play, you win, you get paid. And again, it's not cat poop this time, but I have a intro or a opening segment i wanted to talk about somebody mentioned the the lack of sound quality on some recent episodes on twitter and i am on the road for two of these podcasts every week now as i'm in school about an hour from my house so i don't have the same setup so i do apologize for that but please bear with me on those days trying to get the rest of my life put in order so i can continue to do this thing full-time at a much higher level at a much higher capacity so again like i said in the opening thank you all so much for the support and the love Let's go ahead and talk about this Dolphins head coaching search, as really, to me, it sounds like they are down to just two guys right now, and they're the same suspects we've talked about all week in the last couple of weeks in the podcast now, Brian Flores. And I'm told that's a real possibility that it might not be Chris Richard, and they are really, really excited about the possibility of Brian Flores being the guy here. I heard the around the NFL podcast with Greg Rosenthal talking about he's a big-time Patriots fan supporter and really plugged into that organization talking about how the Patriots believe that Brian Flores is the next star in the league at the as a head coach in this league, a real leader of men, a guy that plenty of people in the organization have gone out of their way to really talk about the type of man, the type of character, the type of leader that he is. But then again, I came back to thinking about that. We heard the exact same thing about Adam Gaze. You hear the same thing all over the league. And we talk about how we got fooled by Adam Gaze and the Adam Gaze hiring the next quote-unquote, hot coordinator in the league, which is really the in-vogue way to go in today's NFL. But that doesn't mean anything. It's all basically just words in the winds. And to me, someone talked about it on Twitter, and I said, the things I really look for Obviously, the results on Sundays, but just the general application of how he applies himself, how he puts his identity and his stamp on that particular team, and also the way he commands himself to the media every single day. That's a big, big part of the job, and that message is conveyed to your team, and I think those two are the things that are most telling, not all this lip service from previous employees or previous players, because frankly, everybody in the league has that. And speaking of that, nobody has more of that right now than Chris Richard. And before I get to this point real quick, talking about Jerry Jones, trying to kind of pull him back and keep him on the Dallas staff, there is a fantastic video. I'm not sure where it is. I'll tweet it out eventually, probably today at some point. This has Chris Richard coaching up the Seattle Seahawks defensive backs when he was there in Seattle and how involved he is in the practice, in the process, and the installation of things on the defensive side of the ball. And it brought up an interesting point in my own head, I guess. So I thought of this, but the idea is that there is a big difference between knowing things and being able to teach things, right? When I was a kid, I had a stepdad who was a, a, a meteorologist, a super, super smart guy, a, a, I don't even know, head engineer slash scientist at this major corporation here in my hometown. And he couldn't teach math, even though he knew it for the life of him he couldn't teach it so it's all about the ability to teach and you see Chris Richard getting himself into the mix there was actually a great quote from him saying that when he did tackling drills on the first install the first day he would have he would suit up and he would be the guy they tackled because that way he could best teach them the proper fundamentals and proper techniques so some of the things the Dolphins have been lacking on over the years tackling is a big one I think that kind of stuff the communication issues will all get cleaned up if they do in fact make this higher but the problem is Jerry Jones wants to do everything he possibly can to keep Chris Richard in Dallas, and why wouldn't he? The guy's had results everywhere he's been. Yeah, it's only Seattle and Dallas. But he's been terrific. He's turned that defense around. He has them playing in the Elite Eight. He basically helped them win that playoff game. The offense wasn't great in that game. They shut the Seahawks down in that football game. So Chris Richard's fingerprints on successful teams is all over the league. And you go to this thread on a post from or a tweet from Alex Marvez on Twitter saying it's not concrete yet, but he believes that Chris Richard will be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins, the 10th head coach in our history, if you don't include the interim guys. But there was a lot of comments in that thread from Cowboys fans saying, no, don't take him. Please do not take this guy from us. So that to me is the biggest telling thing. I know we're not here to pull the fan base as Adam Gaze used to say, but you can see how well-respected the guy is by fans, by everybody alike. And it just really sounds like he's the guy that would be the absolute right guy for this job. Spinning it around the rest of the league, going back to Adam Gaze, unless the Bengals make that move, which let's be honest here, Adam's never going to take that Bengals job. It's a, it's a terrible job to work for Mike Brown in the NFL. But unless it's with the Bengals, Gase will not be a head coach in 2019. And for me, that's a small victory for Dolphins. Although I did want him to go to the Jets for two reasons. Number one, well, he sucks. He sucks for three years with Miami. Let's call it two years. He was pretty good in 2016, but he sucked in 2017 and again in 2018. And number two, that would put the rivalry back on to me. And this Jets-Dolphins rivalry has been pretty much non-existent since the Rex Ryan days when the Jets were good, the Dolphins not being good, you know, they don't hold up their end of the bargain. When both teams are no good, that's not a rivalry. Nobody gives a shit about that. So if Adam Gaze went there, I think that would probably mean a Jets-Dolphins primetime game. It would try to reinvigorate them th- some things and it would get the Dolphins up on the marquee, at least for those couple of games in the season. But that's still a ways away, and what also is a ways away is the NFL draft, and to bury the lead on you guys here, we have some huge quarterback news regarding the draft, and per a report from Matt Miller of Bleacher Report and the Stick to Football podcast, Kyler Murray's coming out, baby. He says he's going to declare for the NFL this year and be in the 2019 draft. We are going to celebrate that on the podcast once it becomes official, but it sounds like at this point, it's all but official. And speaking of even less official things, Woody Page, who he's still a thing, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that, but he reports that the Broncos are in love with Drew Locke, and I know it's early and premature and yada, 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 but I can actually see all of that because he's the prototypical type of quarterback that a John Elway would love an antiquated thinking mind like John Elway if they take him at 10 which it sounds like that's what they want to do if Woody Page in January is to be believed you figure Dwayne Haskins goes ahead of that to the Giants or the Jaguars or whoever that might be I don't think the Dolphins are going to have to go that high if they want to get Kyler Murray hell they could realistically stay at 13 and get him there which would be oh my god that would be just the biggest win in this franchise's recent history. So we have a lot to look forward to. I can't wait to see what happens here. We'll continue to get you guys updated on all the news, all the film breakdowns of the offseason. We're going to have everything for you guys here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Next, we'll get the Twitter mailbag on the other side, and we'll do that after a word from my bookie. The NFL playoffs are here and it's time for you to get in the action with my bookie. You don't want to be that guy sitting around with the Dolphins out of the playoffs with no rooting interest as your friends or family root on their favorite teams in the postseason. Not this year, not with Super Bowl 53 right around the corner. It truly is the most wonderful time of year and you can make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at my bookie today. They pay fast when you win. The ownership really cares about great customer service. And they offer some of the craziest props in the industry. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during this playoff season, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check it out yourself. You can join now and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for the playoff season and rolling into March Madness. Use promo code LOCKEDON when you deposit to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus at MyBookie where you play, you win, you get paid. It's a Thursday here in the beginning weeks of January. The offseason pressing on very, very quickly as head coaching jobs are being filled all around the NFL. The Dolphins are one of three teams presently at press time during this podcast that have not made that move. So frankly, we're kind of in a holding pattern here. Once that hire gets made or that move gets made, however you say that sentence that I just butchered, we're going to get really ramped up here talking about that particular coach in even more depth than we have so far. So on today's podcast, I move the mailbag up a day for the Thursday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Travis Wingfield, again at Wingfield NFL. Let's go ahead and jump right into the mailbag here. And the first one comes from one of my favorite people, Maybe in the world? I don't know, Noah. Is that weird to say? I met you one time at the Mariners game, but we interact on Twitter all the time. He is Noah with a brand new calendar. He is at Noah's a dork. Regarding the coaching search and the concept of rebuilding, would you agree that fans won't leave during the tough times? Because since the Dolphins have been mediocre for so long, all of the front runner fans have gone. All that's left now are the diehards, and we are ready. Our bodies are ready, Noah. They are. And I think you're spot on with this. I think that... The casual fan doesn't really, he's not as involved as we are on Twitter or a guy that does a podcast every single day as far as knowing every player, every 90 man on the roster and just being so involved with everything that happens. The casual fan probably can't tell you 10 players in the Dolphins. And I just think that once they see W stacking up, they're going to come around anyway. So they're already a fickle fan. And like you mentioned, we're here. We're not going anywhere. It's been 20 year No, not 20, 18 years since our last playoff win. So if we were going to leave, we would have by now. So yes, absolutely agree with that entire sentiment. Next question here comes from Steve C. He's at Stevie Splash 11. And I actually answered this on Twitter, but I'll talk about it again because it's a great question. Why does David Shaw's name never come up for an NFL interview? It's not like he has a Saban-like career in college. So he would need to stay. Yeah, I, I think David Child would be a fantastic NFL coach. He's a great teacher. He is a great motivator and a great leader. I love him when he does the NFL draft stuff on the NFL network, but I just think he's a college guy. I think he really, there are people that would prefer the college game. You get a kind of mold young men. You're not there to take care of guys that make big time contracts and big time money. Although college players do make big time money too. You're kidding yourself if you don't think that they do, but David Shaw would be a great coach in the NFL. I just think he doesn't want to do it, much in the way Mike Leach doesn't want to do it. Next question here comes from Greg. He is at GGT757. Is Kilgore basically gone? Didn't see him in your article. Great work on that column, by the way. Well, thank you, Greg. I really appreciate that. A lot of time and effort went into that column. I keep on omitting Kilgore for some reason. I think it's because he gets put into that far right column on the injured reserve when I look up the Dolphins roster. And I don't don't even have him as a consideration on my own whiteboard roster that's not with me here today as I record on the road. But I just don't think he's going to be back under a new regime. He had that bad injury. His tape was bad before that. He makes $2 bucks. I mean, you can really... You can spend double that and get a really good player that will actually will be available for you on Sundays. I think the Dolphins really need to focus on the center position this offseason and make it a priority because it's a key position on an offensive line and the Dolphins have not been good there for a long time. I know you'll say Mike Pouncey was good and he was at times, but he also had a lot of slumps and he was also often injured. The Dolphins have to attack the center position and get that thing fixed. Next question here comes from Morgan Lewis. He is at mo underscore Lou 20. I know Murray is special. That's who I want to draft. But wouldn't it almost be smarter to not trade our assets, take Lock in round two or three, and fill the other holes in the team Then, if we perform the way everyone thinks next year? We'll have a top 10 pick with a loaded quarterback class. I'm, I don't think that this idea about kicking the can down the road is feasible. You have to approach the offseason for that particular year because... Things change so damn much. You go back to Matt Barkley when he was the presumed number one overall pick in the draft. He comes back to school and winds up going in the fourth round, I think it was. And what happened to Matt Barkley? So yeah, these guys are not Matt Barkley, but so much can change. And that's just a parallel to show you that, or I guess a reference to show you that that's what can happen. And if Kyler Murray's there, he to me is franchise altering. Drew Locke, I don't think he's going to be even a good starter in this league. So yeah, go after the quarterback because once you get that right, everything else starts to fall in place. Even if you're not good in other areas, you can still find ways to win football games. Next question here comes from Daryl Andre. He is at You Ain't No Cop, J Reed. Besides the link to Bevel, if Richard is picked, who would you like to see as the OC? I personally like Todd Monkin. I actually don't like the Daryl Bevel hire be or potential hire because he is antiquated in the way he does business, and I'm not for that game. I want someone that can get Kyler Murray into this offense and take it to that next level, the next place the NFL is going on offense. I do want a stout defense, but that's where the offense can really explode and make a complete team in the way the New Orleans Saints have been this year. So that's my personal preference. I'm not going to get too much into the offensive coordinators. I haven't done enough work on it yet to give you guys an honest answer. And frankly, I have no idea who it would be. I'll probably give you a lot more of that once the coaching hire is actually made. Next question here comes from every team. I love dies at not the fake KTA. Why is nobody wanting to go with Cody Ford in round one? He's an immediate starter and guard that can play guard or tackle. And he goes on to talk about how the offensive line not sexy. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't really gotten that much into the draft stuff lately, especially with offensive linemen. And my philosophy is that you don't take guards in the first round because, They are the most injured position in the NFL, and they can have a minimal impact if other guys aren't in place to do certain things. You need a solid line across the board, and I'm not saying you don't draft a a guard in the first round. You can certainly do it, and it certainly makes sense to do that. I think center is more important. I think tackles are more important, and I think that guards are the least important and get injured the most but you still need to have reliable ones at a certain point. If you want to develop a certain identity on your football team, I just Cody Ford. I haven't watched any tape on him, so I can't give you an answer there. I'm sure there will be guys taken in the first round, the interior offensive line. But again, I mean the dolphins, they can do whatever they want because they have so many needs. They have to button up. So everything's on the table for the dolphins. Next question here comes from Ryan Norwood. He is at our Norwood six. Does Kyler become the QB one in the draft? And do the fins have to trade up to get him? I talked about it in the first segment. It just depends on what happens. I'm my my thought right now at present date, before all the workouts, before all the tape gets divulged, and we tear these prospect or put build these prospects up and then tear them back down before the draft gets here, like we do every single year. I think that when that happens, Kyler will eventually be a top ten pick consideration. And my hope, my thought is that Miami could do what the Cardinals did and just pay a minimal fee to go up over a couple teams. And get their guy. And if that's the case, it's an absolute win for this franchise. Again, a long ways away, but we have plenty of time to digest all of that information on the podcast here. Next question comes from Emilio. He is at Emilio. And he asks, are the Dolphins behind the curve or ahead of the curve hiring a defensive-oriented head coach? while the rest of the league goes offensive heavy. Yeah, it's the the old zig when the rest of the league zags, something Bill Belichick has always done well. And I just think that it doesn't matter what the frame of mind your head coach has or where his background comes from. Is he good at being a head coach? Because Adam Gaze was a great coordinator, but he wasn't a good head coach. He wasn't a great decision maker. He wasn't a great teacher in terms of what he wanted to have his system look like. So to me, just get the best guy. Who's the best qualified guy to be a head coach? And you find that out by doing character references and also by interviewing the guy and finding out what he's all about. So to me, it makes no difference in the world. Next question here comes from Roy. He's at Devon underscore Dolphin. Here, talk about whence availability of foals goes on a playoff run. Any truth to it? What do you think? Also, did you locate the smell? #ShitGate. No, I didn't. I don't know what it was. I wiped the table down with these Clorox wipes, my laptop, and everything I have, and it got better. But I never figured out what it was. I think she stepped in something in the litter box and dragged it across the floor because I didn't find it, but it went away. So who knows? But as far as Carson Wentz, the Eagles would be so stupid to trade him if they want to do it. Give me the candy, baby. I'll take Carson Wentz all day long. I don't think they will, but if they did, give them a call. Okay, guys, we have a lot more questions here on the Twitter mailbag, and I'm going to go ahead and cut it off right there and resume the rest of it on tomorrow's podcast. So if you didn't hear your answer, your question answered today, we'll get to it on Friday's podcast. And next on today's podcast, we're going to play a new game called Would You Rather Dolphin Style And we'll get to that next here on the other side of the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkful NFL at Locked On Fins.
0: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: Thursday here on the Locked on Dolphins podcast, January the 10th. We are cruising right along through the first month of the year so far. And I have gotten a little bit more personal on the podcast lately, even talking about my cat's litter box and her bringing the goods with her wherever she goes. But one of the things I've been talking about a lot lately is my new college experience. And for those of you that don't know, I'm 31 years old. I go to WSU, Washington State University and i went to junior college right out of high school i was terrible i was a terrible student i went to high school basically to play sports i had a chance to play college baseball didn't take that chance but it was because i hated going to school so much and i basically skipped out on class didn't care about grades my parents paid for it so i was very much white privilege in that sense and was a little shithead to be perfectly honest and now that i'm 31 years old and an adult Just finished up my AA degree, finished with a 3.9 on my return to junior college, and now here I am back in a four-year university. And I had had a chance to do some reflecting, some self-reflecting the other day about my college experience or just school experience in general and how much you mature as you get into your late 20s and now into my 30s. And I was sitting in class during the syllabus, you know, the first day, the introduction syllabus, it's really pointless. There's really no reason to be there, just other than they, so they can see your face that first day of school. But I was thinking about it when I was in school back, I think I was like 19, 20 years old at CBC, Columbia Basin Community College. And I would sit there during the lectures and it was in the winter time, same as right now, probably closer to April. And they would be giving their lectures talking about God knows what, I wasn't listening. And I remember I would sit there and literally write the draft order out, which I had memorized in my mind and would go over and do mock drafts on a a side sheet of paper that I wrote myself from memory with the top prospects at each spot and would do mock drafts every single day. So this, I mean, I'm fucking weird, man. Like I love this stuff so much. And to see it grow into what it has become on the podcast and locked on and on Twitter, the 7,000 followers, it's just so surreal. And I want to say thank you guys all so much for that. It's been an absolute blast. It's going to get me through college. I don't have to get a part-time job because this pays me well enough to get through college and hopefully expand my career from here. So I'm beyond grateful is what I'm trying to say. And I owe it to you guys, so thank you all so so much. Let's go ahead and turn the page, and I'll get off of your guys's D's, so to speak, and go ahead and talk about a new game I wanted to bring back onto the podcast. One of my favorite off-season segments of the podcast, and this is a fun one that is really a real-life game. I'm sure all you guys have played it at parties, drinking games, whatever it might be. But let's make it Dolphins football related. It's Would You Rather. Everybody's played Would You Rather, and we're going to make it strictly about the Dolphins and football in general, and I want to hear from you guys on Twitter after this podcast segment. So the first one here, the first Would You Rather, would you rather your second favorite team in sports, doesn't have to be football, obviously not football because you, don't, you shouldn't have two favorite teams in one sport if you do reevaluate yourself, but your second favorite team in sports become a dynasty or see the Dolphins just win one championship. That's so easy for me. I mean, I do have other teams that I love, but nothing will ever, ever, ever come close to the Miami Dolphins, and that only became amplified over the last couple of years with the podcast and the website and what it's done for me and my family. Frankly, I'd rather have the Dolphins make the playoffs than see the Mariners win a World Series. I know that sounds like sacrilege. You... You should be equally supportive of all your teams, right? But the, the truth is, I only have enough love in my tank for the Miami Dolphins, especially when it comes to seeing them succeed. I mean, I love the Mariners. I love the Washington State Cougars football program. Don't really give a shit about basketball on any level, but... And I care when those teams win and lose, especially when they win. I'm probably more fair weather with the Mariners and the Cougs, but the Dolphins like affect my mood on a daily basis. So it's not even close. It's all about the Dolphins. And I want to hear from you guys on this too. Tweet me and let me know if you'd rather see the Dolphins win one Super Bowl or your second favorite team in sports become a dynasty. The second would you rather is not as fun. I I found it somewhere else, but would you rather have a dominant offense like the Peyton Manning Colts or the Peyton Manning Broncos, I suppose, or a dominant defense like what the Baltimore Ravens, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all those teams of past lure were. And to me, I want to see some goddamn offense because we haven't had it in Miami for so long that I just want to see a team that is more than functional in offense, a team that is top 10 and that is talked about on SportsCenter and in the news and just one of those those teams that everybody can't stop talking about. And we have some breaking news in the podcast I don't get to do this ever as I'm recording this podcast right around 5 o'clock Pacific time, so 8 o'clock for you East Coasters on Wednesday night. Adam Gaze just got hired as the head coach of the New York Jets. So that first segment talking about how I was bummed out, he's not going to be the coach of the Jets. He is. He's the coach of the New York Jets. This is too good. Adam Gaze back in the division. The rivalry is on. We are going to have primetime games with those Jets, and it's going to be great. I hope we crush his soul and everything the Jets have going for them. I hope the Dolphins can help tear that down. So gaze to the Jets. It's official. The Dolphins and Bengals now, the two teams with head coaching vacancies. And for this podcast, again, guys, please... Let me hear from you on the "Would You Rather" game. Send me a tweet with your answers on the dominant offense and defense question, or the "Would You Rather" have your first te- your, the Dolphins win a Super Bowl, or your second favorite team become an absolute dynasty and win multiple championships over and over again. Tweet at me at Winkle NFL. Let's go ahead and hashtag that. Fins. Would you rather? Ph. Fins, not F. I. N. S. Would you rather? Hashtag Fins. Would you rather? To wrap this podcast up, we do have one more podcast this week, and I think I've got a real treat for you guys down the line. My buddy from the Jet Take podcast, who I did a podcast with on the Adam Gaze episode for them last week, who just got hired by the Jets, by the way, did a podcast for writers from other teams as it pertains to their coaching searches, and he did one with Chris Richard for the Cowboys and Seahawks because that was a possibility for the Jets, and it sounds like now The Dolphins are the front runner for Chris Richard and the only one really in the Chris Richard sweepstakes. So he had Jess Haney of insidethestar.com on to talk about Chris Richard. Also Keith Myers. He is the former editor of 12thmanrising.com. So Seahawks and Cowboys respectively. 45 minutes worth of interview talking about Chris Richard. I'm going to play those guys for you next week, probably at some point. So we'll have those interviews for you guys at the start of next week. But as for this podcast, that is going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Fins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.
0: Yeah, to the Jets. Ah!